This month in the Hustle Humbly community, we're talking all about working with family. Not just as a real estate business partner or team, but also representing family in their own transactions. Want to hear other community members share their stories and advice? There's still time to join us in the group and participate in the May Live. Head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash membership to sign up. See you there. No, no can do. I used to be nice. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. I'm not nice anymore. There were no red flags. About the buyer. No, until, until their home got under contract. You know, if you love something, set it free. And if it comes back to you, it is yours. (laughs) If it doesn't, it never was. You're now babysitting two transactions. Yes. You've got to make sure your people are all doing the right thing and that those people are all doing the right thing. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. <laughs> I have so many things to say right now. Hi, Alyssa. Good, we're recording. <laughs> Great. So, is this thing on? It's on. Great, it's on. Hi. Hi, welcome. How are you today? I'm just fine. Wonderful. We're on episode 218. Okay. Um, contingencies. And I like when I just glanced over your page, literally said contingencies, underline nothing else. <laughs> Here's my notes. YouTube can see my notes. They're all straight out of her head. Now I want you to show them after what it's going to look like. Oh, yeah. Because it will get wild. Uh, the notebook will get wild. We have not done a nuts and boltsy how-to episode in a minute mm-hmm. or just dove deep into some component of a transaction. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited because sure. I love talking about, you know, how these things go down. Mm-hmm. Um, did you say you looked up a definition for contingency? Yes. Before we started, I said, are we just talking about like if you have to buy or sell a house, buy sell a house to buy a house? And she said, what other contingencies are there? I mean, to be fair, I know that I the know. word means other things, but locally – Yes. If you get a contingent offer. We're just we're just meaning the buyer has to sell a, a property. Yes, yes. Okay. But I I told Katie when I get offers from people in other states, yeah. they're like, Well, what are the contingencies? Is there a financing contingency? Is there an inspection contingency? Right. right so right, there's right. always contingencies. Sure, sure. I really like this definition. But please, please tell I me. I just typed in contingency and the Oxford dictionary <laughs> <laughs> said a future event, which is possible, but cannot be predicted with certainty. Well, that's true. That is the most true. <laughs> they might get a loan. Yeah. They might get a loan. They might sell their house. They might make it past inspections. It but, might appraise. Right. It might happen. <laughs> what other contingencies? You know, like... The future event is... <laughs> the, the, the future event, which is the closing... Is, is all dependent. It may happen, but it cannot be predicted with certainty. Hard to say. That's hilarious. Hard to say. So, um, today we're going to be talking about navigating contingent contracts when you are have a buyer that needs to sell their house. The buyer is selling a house mm-hmm. before they must sell the house or property before they can buy. Yes. This is what we're focused on. If you consider contingencies, any of those other things, inspection, appraisal, financing, that's not what we're talking about. 
Right. Okay. Now, we have an episode number 65 that actually covers buying and selling at the same time. It is incredibly packed with information about how a buyer would do that. And we also did it as if you were speaking to the buyer client. Right, so you could share that episode. Yes, so if you have a client that needs to buy and sell at the same time, that would be an amazing resource to share with them because it will walk them through all the things they need to think about to plan their move. And it was recorded that way. Yes. So that it can be a tool for you to use in your business. Mm -hmm. So if you run across someone who's like, well, I don't know, I have to sell to buy and I don't even know how to do that. You can just go on over to episode 65. That was a long time ago. That was a lo- it was a minute. We're on 218. Wow. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't seem like that old. No, it was it was a bit mm-hmm. a bit ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where do we want to start? Where do you even want to start oh, on your gosh. blank page? I Okay, I'm ready. I have one too. Oh, okay, fine. You can go first if you want. You're the listing agent. <laughs> okay. You get an offer and it is contingent on the sale of the buyer's home. Mhm. What happens next? Okay, great. Mine's going to go first then. We're going to come back to you. Because I want to preface all of this by saying a lot of agents who got their license in the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. maybe end of 2019 on, dependent on your market, contingent offers were not even a thing because the market's so busy, Right. Yeah, because right. multiple offers, most sellers are not going to even consider waiting on you to sell your house. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that this may be a topic that's coming. We got several requests for this. And I think it's because the market has shifted. Yes. And we are starting to see contingency offers make a comeback. Yes. Okay. Now you can, uh, now I'll answer your question. Okay. I'm ready. So I am the listing agent and I have mm-hmm. received a contingent offer. Yeah. Honestly, my hope and my hope for our listeners is that the buyer's agent prior to spending all the time writing the offer would make the phone call, text, email to me to say, will your seller consider a contingent offer? Because let's all not spin our spin our wheels here mm-hmm. if it's not on the table. For instance, I have a Relo listing right now mm. who has an interested buyer, but they are contingent. And the Relo company does not allow that unless... Mm-hmm. That house is already under contract. Yes. Relocation will not accept contingent offers. So, okay. Unless it's pending. Let's just say the buyer's agent did not call me first. Okay. I'm annoyed. Sure. But I am going to proceed. Go to my seller. And, you know, sometimes sellers say no. And then when you see it in paper, on paper, it's different. They're like, well, we don't have anything else. Yeah. Here are the questions. One, (laughs) is their house listed? How long has it been listed for? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if it's not listed at all, this is one thing. Mm-hmm. If it's listed, um, but it's just been listed and it's getting, I'm going to have to talk to the agent. What is the right. activity that you're getting? Have you gotten any offers? How many days on the market is it? What is the CMA, the market report for that neighborhood? Like, I need to try and figure out. How quickly is this house going to sell? How likely will it sell? What is the current sales price? Did you price it over where it should be? Like, I need a market report for the house Mm -hmm. and all the information. If it's not listed at all yet, this is a hard no for me. I would agree. It's very hard to know. And it's hard. You don't know what the pictures look like. Got nothing. 
got nothing. Now, the only way I can maybe make it through this and be like, okay, possibly. But if I'm advising my seller, I'm like, look, their house isn't listed. We don't know what condition it's in, what price it's going to be. What I, Look, if we have nothing else going on and we're like, okay, but we really want to try and make this work, which, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need the market report. Yes. I'm going to need to know what they plan to price it at. What the condition is, like, is the listing, is the agent presenting this offer listing it? If they're planning to list it for sale by owner, we're back to hard no. Right. Okay. So there's so many pieces and parts to this. So I've asked, let's just say the buyer's agent has said, okay, no, I'm the listing agent. Mm -hmm. Here's the market report. We're pricing it this. I feel like it's at or below market Mm -hmm. price. And so I'm like, okay, it's in good condition. I've seen with my own eyes. Our photos are scheduled for tomorrow. Or we've already got photos ready to go. We mm-hmm. just didn't want to list yet. Then maybe we can take this non-listed contingent offer. Sure. But you might want to counter a term or two, right? Yes. And, you know, even specifying, um, like, if it's one that's not on the market yet. We've had people counter saying home to be listed in the MLS within seven days of acceptance of this contract. I've had, have, I've responded and have it done to me, listed by a licensed, licensed realtor, agent yes, into yes. the MLS. Because then next thing you know, it pops up as for sale on <laughs> for sale by owner with iPhone photos and it's priced wrong and it's just not a good situation. Okay. So. Because I think what I have to advise my seller is, listen, we're not putting this house pending, you can still show it. You can still have other buyers come in. You could still receive other offers and take them and then pull the, pull up the first right of refusal in the first offer, basically say you've got to remove your contingency. But there are some group of buyers that are not going to look at a contingent house. Yeah. Specifically, other contingent buyers. Yeah. And if you're in a neighborhood, so you kind of have to be aware of your market. Are you in a price point that a lot of move up buyers move to this neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if you get one contingent offer, we can kind of assume you're going to get another. Like, do we think all of your offers might be contingent? Well, this contingent offer not listed at all is much inferior to one who shows up and is like, we got our house under contract today. Yeah. And I can't take another contingent offer if I'm stuck with this first contingent offer. Sure. I feel like this is hard. It is all in my head. Shall I give an example? Go, please. Now, this one doesn't have a happy ending. Jeez, with these unhappy lately. I've been having a rough time. Let's hear it, though. Maybe it'll walk us through the the parts. I have an amazing house listed. It's like Uh $750,000. It's gorgeous. The sellers are just a delight, and they have kept it so – it's the house you want to buy, especially if you're picky, okay? It's immaculate. Okay. Um. There was something about the floor plan that we were getting some feedback for. And I think that, you know, the market has shifted and we're in sort of a slower time. And this is a luxury home for our market. Okay. So we got off to a little bit of a slow start and we got an offer that was contingent on the sale of the buyer's home. Great. It was on the market and it was delivered beautifully. Like they gave me all the information I needed when they sent the offer. Okay. It was $350,000. The photos were great. He explained to me why this house was so great, what's different about it. And I just thought, I feel like this house would sell before ours. Okay. So if that one can sell, then ours can sell. Right. 
So I did counter because they did not want to have inspections immediately. Ah. They wanted to wait until their house was under contract. They didn't want to put any money out. Before having inspections. Okay. And I countered that. And the agent called me and said they – they specifically asked him to put that in there because they had made an offer on another house and had inspections and paid the money. And then someone came along. Non-contingent. Who was not contingent and basically stole the house from them. Sniped them. So they were like, we're not doing that again. We already lost money. So I talked to my sellers and I said, it's not that they don't want to put out the money. It's just that they have before. Mm -hmm. And then they got burned. And my sellers are like a delight and so kind. And they they agreed. So we agreed. Okay. I think here's a good time to pause. (laughs) Okay, great. Why? (laughs) Because I like to explain to my buyers, just to be sure, like, if we are making a, ho- a, a offer on a house contingent on the sale of your house and somebody comes along that doesn't have a house to sell and wants to make an offer that the seller will accept, we're pretty much out unless you can remove your contingency and purchase the home. So the way it works here in our marketplace is you have a certain amount of time to make a decision as a buyer mm-hmm. once you have been notified that the seller has received an offer that they would like to accept. Correct. Okay. That's either in our market 48 or 72 hours usually. Typically, yeah. You can put whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So I always tell my contingent buyers, we need to be ready for that moment because making a decision in 24, 48 hours is not fun. Mm -hmm. So we already know what we're going to do in that situation because they have already, my buyers have already talked to the mortgage lender, figured out if they qualify for both notes, talked about a HELOC option, talked about a one-time recast option. Are they going to be able to remove a contingency? Can we do it? And do we feel comfortable doing it? Okay. So that when we are notified, we know if the answer is yes or if the answer is no. Right. So we have all that figured out. We're not trying to figure all of that out quickly. Right. In a moment of panic. Yeah. So I think that's an important thing as a realtor. And I know some realtors have trouble getting heavily involved in their buyer's finances. Right. But this particular situation, you have to know know what the answer is going to be. In order to serve them. We also had a newer agent that didn't realize, they thought every time you got an offer, you had to notify the other party that you're contingent with if you're the listing agent. So like if I'm the listing agent Mm -hmm. and we have an offer contingent on the sale of the buyer's Mm -hmm. home and I get another offer Mm -hmm. from you, but it's not contingent, but it's a terrible offer. Yeah, I don't need to let the contingent people know. No. No. But people think, oh, we're going to counter you. I need to let them know. No. You in our market, you don't have to let the under contract contingent buyers know that somebody else came along and maybe y'all countered back and forth. Yeah. But it never came to fruition. The other part of this is if the other, if the buyer is making an offer 
that's better than the contingent offer and you want to take it and you go back to the contingent offer that was already in place and they remove the contingency, you can't get them to pay the extra. No. It's just whatever they had under contract, they get to continue along and buy. Yes. So in this situation, if we were under contract for $750,000, mm-hmm. but then I got an offer for $765,000, of course we want to accept it. But mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. I have to go notify these contingent buyers, hey, we've received another offer. Can you remove your contingency or do you have to cancel? And they say, nope, we'll remove our contingency. We have our finance backup plan. Yeah. You don't get to get that 765 offer. No. It's just gone. You it's are now gone. under contract for $750,000 as you were. As you were before. As you were before. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you want to finish your story? So we, we haven't gotten to the sad ending yet. No. So we agreed. We pretty much agreed our whole way through this dang transaction. You were very agreeable. We were very agreeable, very easy to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, So they didn't have to do their inspection in the beginning. Right. You get it under contingent contract. Yes. We are now, instead of A for active, we are C for contingent. In the MLS. In the MLS. We had one showing during the like 90 days that we were contingent. Okay. So I feel like that's... It slowed you down. It slowed us down for sure. Okay. I also, during that time, updated the realtor remarks mm-hmm. and the public remarks okay. and the showing time remarks. Everywhere. To just say, please continue to show the property. The buyer's home is not under contract. Yeah, well, right. And we are open to accepting other non-contingent offers. Here's my question, especially in that price range. Is it a possibility that you lost a buyer that would have also been a contingent buyer? Sure. Because you were only able for 90 days to show it to non-contingent buyers. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Okay. How does this wrap up? So it's slow. We are approaching the end of our contract time frame and their house has not sold. Okay. They are stressing and doing everything they can and- we agreed to give them an extension mm-hmm. because they were having a lot of activity. They really were a lot of activity on their house and felt like an offer was coming any day now. Okay. So they actually shortly after our extension get their house under contract. Fabulous. So I'm like, yes, it's working. It's happening. And they proceed with inspections on our house. They have inspections on their house that they're selling. Mm -hmm. Everything goes mostly fine. I mean, we had to negotiate a few things, but they certainly, there certainly wasn't anything deal breaker for sure. I don't know the end of this. I'm on the edge of my seat. So we're in the middle of negotiations and I'm trying to understand why the buyers are being so difficult on about us all of a sudden. The inspections? About the inspections. Okay. We agreed to like almost more than they wanted. Okay. Um, we could not check the box that said- Everything. Everything. But- We went above and beyond the one item that was actually just not possible for us to do with a significant amount of money for what the item was. It was so stupid. Anyways, it they sent us a cancellation out of kind of nowhere, and 
I'm like really upset. The buyer's agent is upset and embarrassed and frustrated and all of that. I'm like, what happened? Like, what happened? Yeah. I did not get answers at that time. Okay. I found out after the fact that pretty much what happened is they basically said to each other, hey, we've been, you know, waiting on our house to sell so long. Maybe we should see if anything new has come up in the last 90 days before we tie ourselves down to this house we've been under contract on. Maybe we should take one last look at the market and see if there's any new houses that have popped up that we might like better because we are now in our 10-day inspection period where we have one last chance to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And they found something better. And they were under contract the next day on a house that was very similar to ours, but a little bit newer. And the lesson we have learned here is that the next time somebody wants your seller to be nice and allow them to wait on the inspection, you're going to say, no No. can do. I used to be nice. (laughs) Let me tell you a story. I'm not nice anymore. And and all like my sellers are really nice people. And there were... I, I told them, y'all, from a business standpoint, this maybe isn't what I would advise to do. I wouldn't advise an extension, but they were just really nice people. And mm-hmm. the buyers at that time were giving us really nice updates constantly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> looking back, I would have done it differently. Yeah. Um, but it's also just one of those houses that we had someone and we were just trying to keep them. This is exactly remember the story of my big listing that was yeah. on the market for four years, one of which pending the whole time. Oh, my god! Extended, extended, extended. Because you're like, if you don't have anything and you have something, you kind of don't want to let it go. Right. That is a really hard situation. It was just really sad. And I was just so upset about it like it's still on the market and i think Mm -hmm. this would be a yeah it's still on the market Mm -hmm. um i think it's a good opportunity to remember that as realtors when you are helping a buyer who is a contingent buyer once they are under contract on a home we need to stop looking for sure like once you are under contract, this is your next house. We are just waiting on your house to sell. Right. We're not going to, I'm going to, it would be a good time to shut off any automated things yeah, that, that you're you sending going them. out. Don't accidentally send them new listings. New listings. Yeah. And, you know, it's like if that's the way you're going to do, if that's the way you want to do it, then you need to sell your house, mm-hmm. live with family or rent mm-hmm. so that you can be a buyer that can make a non-contingent offer. Right. You're asking a lot as a buyer. You're asking a lot of a seller and a lot of faith from a seller. And you're you're putting a lot of risk on that seller. A lot of risk. My sellers had moved out. Um, I mean, the whole deal. It was just... And I left it contingent for like a week after the cancellation because we were getting the house cleaned from the mover. Like I just wasn't ready to put it back active. I had to get new photos taken, all these things. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was just like a really eye-opening situation with a very difficult buyer who I did not – that's the thing too. I didn't – There were no red flags. There were no red flags. About the buyer. No, until – until – 
their home got under contract. Right. And then all of a sudden, they were extremely difficult. Do you know what I will say? Because I've learned the same lesson the hard way. Hey, friend, if you're an Email Templates 101 owner, be sure to log in and check out the 2024 updates and brand new templates in your course. You'll find a new active listing seller check-in template, as well as a new offer delivery template for your sellers, plus lots of fine tuning to the other existing templates. Don't have Email Templates 101 yet? Grab yours now at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash courses. I just kind of learned to tell myself, you know what? I can't do a 90-day contingency. I can't, like, if they want the house and we're still on the market in 60 days, they can come back. But if I take it off the market completely, I'm missing out on someone who could come. And ultimately, the goal is for you to sell your seller's house. As much as you're like, oh, right now, it looks good. Let's try and make this work. It is kind of hard. Mm -hmm. But you can always go back and follow up with them again. Hey, how's the movement on their house? I have definitely had that happen before where my seller was like, no, I'm not taking this contingency. But I knew that the buyer put their house on the market and I just kept following up. And mm-hmm. I I don't know that I've ever got one to turn, but they they do still want the house. So yeah. if they get under contract, they come back. Right. They could come back. Like you don't have to... And that's what I kept, like, if it really was the house for you, you would come back. Yeah. You know, if you love something, set it free. And if it comes back to (laughs) you, it is yours. If it doesn't, it never was. Oh, I guess so. It's just the same. This is the psychology of real estate, though, right? And it was just like, it wasn't the buyer's agent's fault. No. I'm sure they would prefer for them to just move forward with the house that had already been inspected. 100%. I mean, they were... They were devastated to make that phone call. It's embarrassing. I would have been humiliated. For sure. All right. Uh, there was no way to really avoid that on your end except for not extend it out. Okay, well, let's right. talk about this. That's my question then from there. What is your normal amount of time that you think you would accept as a contingency as the listing agent? Like, you wouldn't have taken a 90-day 90 90 contingent from the beginning, no. You just extended to there. Based on their activity and how well the communication had been going. What do you normally recommend your sellers to do for time? I feel like 60 days is That's normally what I would do. If we're going to take a contingent, let's do 60. But I've done slightly shorter depending again on where is their house? When are they listing it? What like what do we expect it to, ha- to happen with that house? If it's going to sell quickly, then maybe a 45-day contingent is all we need. They Because... <laughs> Let's assume all transactions take 30 days. Right. Okay. If you do a 60-day contingency, they've got 30 days to sell their house and 30 days to close both houses, right? Yeah. Here's where the other problem comes in on the timing. (laughs) When you say, we'll take your contingency for 60 days and they don't have their house under contract after day 31... What do you really think is going to happen? You're sort of in just a waiting game. Uh, that's the period of time for the contract to end. That I hate because I legally you're in contract. You yes. can't go take another contingent contract. You can't put it back on the market. But Mm-mm. I do think you can avoid this with some wording in the original offer. I had a good one Let's recently. It was another agent that countered. My buyers were the contingent buyers. Okay. The agent sent me a counter offer. And at first I was like, oh, I like that Mm -hmm. because it threw me off at first because I saw that they had countered for the close date to be like August 28th. And I was like, 
Well, it's like July 15th. So we have 10 days to get the house under contract and close. But they had written in there that buyer to have their home under contract by this date. Okay. The 28th. Okay. August 28th. In the event that the buyer receives a contract before the expiration, seller agrees to extend the closing no more than 30 days. Okay. So it sort of put a hard stop on the contract. Right. So you're not in limbo for 60 days. Right. But if you got a contract and you were really pending, we'll give you an extension. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways you could say that in the additional terms. Yeah. That's the thing. You can say whatever you want as yeah. long as all parties sign off on it. Right. You can you can make it how you want it. And I actually really liked that. Yeah. Um, because... And it worked. We ended up that this is a happy story. Oh, it worked out. I have a happy story, Katie. You were the buyer's agent. Right? That's where the problems happen. Right. And so um we got their house under contract and I love it. We didn't even have to do an extension. Perfect. So Perfect. it just worked out. I think that, yeah, in your terms, you want to basically say, what happens if their house isn't under contract by X? Because the last thing you want to do is lock up that listing for 30 more days, waiting for a closing we know isn't going to happen. Right. right? You're just l- waiting. Because of the, the way the contract is written legally, mm-hmm. you, you can't just say, oh, well, your house isn't under contract because you know what they could counter? Well, a cash buyer could come tomorrow. Right. So you're, you got to really think that through, right? That's the thing with contingent offers. You got to think them all the way through to the end. Yeah. Like, what, what's the timing? How's this going to work out? Okay. Um, what do you do, Alyssa Jenkins, if you get an offer on your listing and the buyer is contingent, but their home is already under contract? Oh, I think that's great. Oh, now what do you do? That would be nice. Um, I do ask to see a copy of their contract. I mm-hmm. like to know who's working all the sides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that plays a factor. Mm-hmm. I like to know how far they are. Are they past inspections? Mm-hmm. When are inspections? I want to make sure that the right people are going to be at the inspections. Mm-hmm. You will attend with your buyer. Um, and then... Yeah, I mean, I just make sure the contract is solid. Anything else? Do you then have to also do your normal lender calls to the lender of that transaction? Right. So I'm checking all the lenders. My note here said you're now babysitting two transactions. Yes. You got to make sure your people are all doing the right thing and that those people are all doing the right thing. Unfortunately, yes. At the mercy of the domino one, domino number one. And I've been in a lot of dominoes. I've been in two dominoes, three, four, five. All kinds. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you gotta you gotta know what's up with that deal, who that lender is, what's happening. Now, here's a tricky question: What if the contingent house isn't in your market? Oh, that is hard. Let's just say it's not under contract yet, because that's the same process. If it's mm-hmm. under contract, you can check with the lender, check with the, see mm-hmm. where they are at. Fine. What if it's not under contract yet, and their house they're selling is a different market? I've certainly had this happen, and. I have researched the realtor. I have checked to see if they're full-time. Are they a full-time agent? Do they actually sell homes? Are they familiar with transactions? <laughs> good questions. All good questions. Um, so it's when it's an out-of-state deal, I really have to trust the realtor. I've had the problem where, so it's out-of-state. The buyer's agent is not the agent of the listing. 
right? Right. I've had trouble getting the buyer's agent to get me what I needed from the listing agent. Mm. Like, well, I need a market report for that house. How long do they think it's going to be on the market? You know, have they had any showings or offers? Like, where are we at in this process? Yeah, like, what's the market like there? I mean, it's kind of hard because you're really needing to ask that agent to then go get you the information or you're going to have to just skip over them. And people think, oh, I can't email the lender because they can't give out personal financial information. So many things they can answer. So many. that You're not asking for their credit score. No. You're asking on, I'm asking for the lender's level of confidence on this transaction coming to closing, yeah. to an active sale. Mm-hmm. I think we caught my questions on if the house is not listed yet and we have to ask them about the price. So I think we're all good here. All right. We've talked about this a little. If you have a contingent offer, you're not going to be able to take another contingent offer. If in you're, our market. Right. If you're in an area where you think that most of your buyers would be contingent, you want to make sure the first one you choose, you could, it honestly, you could end up in a multiple offer contingent offer situation. Yeah. It's possible. You want to take the best contingency. So the yes. best contingency would be one that is already listed and under contract, mm-hmm. ideally far in the process, right? Mm-hmm. Done with their inspection, maybe done with their appraisal. Somewhere farther along, you want to be able to talk to the lender and make sure that that l- loan looks good. And then you'd be great. Now, here's my next question point for you that you need to expound upon for our people. When can a buyer remove a contingency? Let's say their home is under contract. <laughs> when can they remove the contingency from this, the, what they're purchasing? They can remove their contingency when they close on their home. <laughs> right. So I just had a different situation where I had the buyer mm-hmm. and we were contingent on the sale of their home. Mm-hmm. And the listing agent was not super familiar with how contingencies work. So I messaged him to let him know, hey, we're officially under contract. Here's a copy of the contract. Everything is looking good. Oh, this good. was your buyer. My buyer. Okay. So I said, you know, we're great news. Looks like we'll be able to make our close date. So he said, like, great, let me know when you can remove the contingency. So I didn't really understand the question. <laughs> You're like, so I just sort right. of was like, okay. And then when we finished inspections, I said, hey, I just want to let you know we're done with the inspection period of my buyer's house. So everything is still looking good. You can tell your seller to start packing. He's like, great. Did you ever send me the contingency removal? I'm like, I said, no, no. we're still contingent. Well, at what point can you remove the contingency? <laughs> and I said, well, in three weeks, we're going to close the buyer's home at 9 a.m. <laughs> and then at 10 a.m., they're going to purchase your client's home. <laughs> so I guess for the 10 minutes in between those two transactions, the contingency can be removed. And he was like, what? <laughs> I said, yeah, as long as they own the home and it hasn't closed yet. They're still contingent on that sale. We're still contingent. I can't remove the contingency. So I guess that is when the contingency would be removed, when they no longer own it. And he was like, I never thought about it that way. I said, well, what if we remove the contingency and the buyer loses his job the day before closing? Yeah. 
we're still very much contingent. What was the definition? (sighs) It is still very (laughs) uncertain. We don't know the outcome. We don't know the outcome yet. Not yet. I'm feeling good about it. Right. But we're still a contingency. So the only way that you could remove that contingency is if the lender said... You're approved to have two mortgages. Yes. Because you can't have, if they're not approved to have two mortgages, they are contingent until the first mortgage is gone. I think that's a great point too that you bring up because I have had situations that ended badly when I was the listing agent. Okay. We accepted a contingent contract. Okay. We received a better offer Mm -hmm. while we were contingent. So I go to the buyer's agent and I say, listen, we have received another offer we would like to accept. Your 48 hours to let me know if you can buy this house or not without selling your house begins. Yep. They said we can remove our contingency. Okay. They can't. Because they just thought they were under contract on their house. They were... Yes, they thought that they would be able to, they were gambling. They were, uh, they had gotten their house under contract. Okay. But it was still in the very early stages Mm -hmm. and they were just going to pray. That you didn't get another offer. That if they remove their contingency, because they they didn't want to lose my listing. Right, right, right. But they were going to say they weren't contingent? They did. And they were? So I notified them. I said, 48 hours. Okay. I would like to accept this other offer on behalf of the sellers. Right. But I need to hear from you if you can buy this house or not. Mm-hmm. And they just said, we can. So you know how I ended up finding out? Because you went to the lender I to went get to, yes, the letter. Yes. Yeah. So what happened is I went back, but... I did have a little bit of an error because they, the buyer's agent said, my, my buyers have let me know they can proceed with purchasing your home. I'll send over the contingency removal. So I immediately called my sellers. I'm like, hey, they can proceed with the purchase of your home. So they're going to remove their contingency. So I had to go back to the better offer and say, I'm so sorry. The buyers were able to remove their contingency. Okay. The next day, I emailed the lender like a copy of everything Mm -hmm. and was like, and keep in mind, I am the listing agent. Mm -hmm. The buyer's agent should have done the same thing. Yeah. It was news to her that they were lying. Yikes. I emailed the lender a copy of the contract and said, okay, the buyers have removed their contingency. We're good for closing. And she basically said, how did they do that? And I said, so they can't have two mortgage, like they can't, they one, the lender said they 100% still have to sell their house to buy this one. Did you get to go back to the other buyer? Mm-hmm. They were still, a- they were there. It worked out. But what, and I don't know how it would have played out. What if they have a chance that if I, the listing agent, had not reached out to the mortgage lender? 100%. And we would have just done a back-to-back closing based You'd on... You'd have never known. I would have never known if everything went perfectly. But it's when it goes wrong, it goes so wrong. And then it would have been on you that you didn't follow up with the lender. Absolutely. So if I would have never followed up with the lender to say, hey, lender, we are moving forward. This is no longer a contingent contract. Let me know how things are going. This is why you need proof. Every part of every, 
if it's a cash offer, proof of funds. If it's a if it's a lender, we need a pre-approval. Like you cannot just take someone's look. The agent didn't even know she was lying. No, she just believed her clients. The buyer's agent never even checked in with the mortgage lender. I'd have checked in way, 100%. a way long time ago. Well, that's the thing. I make my clients know the answer to this, that we all know the answer to this question. Before you start. Before we even make an offer on anything. Yeah, we already know. She just was like, my buyers told me they could buy it. I just believe them. I'm like, you had no communication with their mortgage lender. Well, no, that's their business. It is no all false. of our business. False. All of our business. So let's let's play it the other way. Let's oh say God. I had not reached out to the mortgage lender and we're approaching closing and something happens on the buyer's house yeah, and it cancels. Their buyer dies. Yes. And now I'm like, but wait, why does that matter? Yeah, because guess what? Your seller is already pe- ready to buy something else. Yes. And has Domino. Moved. Yes. Domino. And so... <sighs> I would have been very confused why their sale falling through impacted us at all because you have removed your contingency. Yeah. So if your sale falls through, that doesn't matter because you're not contingent on that. They're in breach of contract. They would be in breach of contract. And your seller could have sued them. Uh Uh-huh. And kept their deposit and all the other things. Yeah. Luckily, I caught it early, Mm -hmm. but I was just so... It was such a reminder to me how I just assume everybody runs business the way we do. You cannot. And unfortunately, I'm beginning to be reminded every day that they don't. (laughs) More than I would like to be reminded that agents are not involved in the process. Right. I am reminded way too often. And so I think this is such a reminder that as the real estate professional, Mm -hmm. we need to be involved in every aspect of the transaction from pre-approval to financing to plans A, B, and C to inspections to appraisal to everything. Yeah. And at the risk of hurting an agent's feelings, you still have to micromanage the other side. And you can micromanage gracefully. Kindly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Always. Okay, I want to now talk to you about the contingency form that we have, the standard one in our, you know, board docs. And we have a few floating around. Okay, there was one for many years that was kind of like, it was a contingency addendum. So if I wrote an offer, I had to attach the addendum, right? And the addendum was kind of a one page, hey, this is the house address we're selling. We have to sell it to buy your house. We're we're asking for 72 hours. You put in the blank. 48 hours first right of refusal to remove the contingency. If you get an offer you want to accept that is not contingent, the end. Mm -hmm. All right. Now there is a version of the form that as a buyer's agent, I really like. I do too. But as a listing agent, I don't love. Why? Um, Because it asks for you to put the house pending in the MLS Mm. if their house is under contract. So I have been countering that, well, when I have the buyer, I have been saying that once both houses are past inspection, we will be placed pending. As long as we are in that fragile 10-day inspection period on either house, no one's going pending. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's sort of how I have been writing it in the additional But you have comments. to fix it. It's not how it's written. Okay. I think the way the addendum is written now is like, hi, I'm a buyer. I am buying your house. This is the house I have to sell. It is already under contract. We are asking you to put our the listing we're purchasing from you pending in the system. And 
The end. And it makes sense that they want the house they're buying pending. Because they don't want to be sniped. And they're pending. Because they so don't want to be homeless. They have I to have it. a home. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. As a buyer's agent, I am for it. Yes. Because I don't want my buyers to get sniped while they're trying to sell their home that's already under contract. You're, you're going to end up homeless. Sure. But as a listing agent, I don't really want to tie down my listing to a pending status where it can't even be shown. Right. That's not ideal. No. So you're you're basically countering the term. But yes. It, and the form then has a second section that's like, uh, you know, we're selling a house at this address. It's not on the market yet, but it'll be on the market. I think it says how long or it, there's different like different scenarios. Yes. Scenario A, B, C, whatever. Mm-hmm. So just look at the forms in your area. Yes. Or what your office uses. And if you have a problem with your forms, join a local committee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've been on that committee this I year. Am. I'm on that committee. Telling so. them how to fix the forms. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we need agents that do transactions. In order for it to That be know helpful. where the flaws are in these forms. Yeah, well, this is what happened and this is because. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Um, any other important thoughts about pending? I mean, contingent. I feel like. This is a lot of technical information. I think it's okay that it's a little bit of a shorter episode. It's super situational. Yes. There are a lot of questions you need to ask as the listing agent. Mm -hmm. There are probably just as many questions you should ask as the buyer's agent. Um, Ultimately, you cannot be afraid to discuss the budget, the financing, the money with your buyer because you're going to have to know, are you able to remove this? Is it just that you don't want to be, you know, like... You could remove the contingency if push came to shove. Can you be homeless? Where will you go? Like, we have to walk through all the scenarios. Yeah. There are a lot of moving parts to being a contingent buyer. It can be done. I think the problem is that agents now are like, well, we've always just said no because yeah, we, the market's we had been other so, options. But, but now that the market is slower, you need to think through, even in a slow market like you just did, you cannot have your listing off the market for 90 days praying that the contingent buyer figures out how to sell their house. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some like, look, if it doesn't happen in the first 30 days, you're welcome to come back later when it happens for you. We might yeah. still be here, mm-hmm. but we can't be off the market that long. Right. M- you know, my seller cannot choose to not market their property for that much time. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. I was going to get into like, if you are buying and selling at the same time and there's that window where you have to be totally out of your house, but you can't move into the new house yet because you haven't bought it yet because you're doing that within the same hour. Mm-hmm. That's a very difficult transition period. And we really deep dive into that in episode 65. Yeah, because as an agent, it is your responsibility to explain to your buyer how the logistics work. Mm-hmm. They don't... I've had other... Agents be like, okay, well, the buyer needs to get in three days before closing so they can get out of their other house they're selling. I'm like, that's not how this works. Mm-mm. You would have had to negotiate that in the beginning. Yeah. So there are a lot of parts to the actual move that are important. There's all of the financing parts that are so important. I, You really better be vigilant. And it doesn't mean it cannot be done. You just have to be really good at following up. Yeah. And communicating with all the parties. But I also think this is why buyers are afraid to get into the market right now because agents don't understand how this works. Right. So if you're able to explain to the buyer, this is how it works. You don't have to, I'm not going to let you be homeless. Mm -hmm. Here's the ways we're going to deal with that. It can be done. Yeah. And then you get two transactions. I know. And I think that 
there are a lot of buyers who would be out in the market right now if they had agents explaining to them how it was done. Right. And that they can do it. Yes. And the other problem is that the low inventory means the buyers that are even willing to do it are afraid to list their house because they don't want to not be able to find a house. And again, we're back to the homeless problem. But why don't agents ever say to their their sellers, no worries, if you get an offer, it can be contingent on you finding something. Right. Y'all, there is literally a way to work through any problem contractually. Mm-hmm. But you got to talk to your, your sellers and your buyers about that first. Yeah. It what is your be, plan? These are not conversations you want to be having on the fly. After you looked at houses. After you've looked at houses. This is especially, you know, we preach you need to have the buyer consultation, especially if they are going to be a contingent buyer. Yeah. Also, when do you take photos? If you're going out with a buyer, when do you, Alyssa, take photos on their house that's going to be listed? Usually before we start looking at houses. Right. Yeah. Isn't it better to be able to tell the agent of the listing that you want to write an offer on contingent? Hey, don't worry. We already have photos. I they can start showing tomorrow. They can start showing. Yeah. That's a big difference between, oh, well, they got to get cleaned up and ready and we'll get photos next week. That's a whole week. Yeah. Of your marketing period. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Okay. Things just things to think about. This was good. It can totally be done, Mm -hmm. but we all have to be very highly educated on the system. Mm -hmm. How does it work where you are? What are your forms? What do you need to tell your buyers? What do you need to tell your sellers? And having them all at the same title company. Oh my gosh, yeah. Nothing is worse than a contingency when closing at two different title companies and you're having to deal with getting the funds from the sale of the home to the funds of the purchase of the home, large amounts of money being wired in a short time frame. It's it's no good. Do not kid yourselves. <laughs> your job is logistics. Yes. As a realtor, your job is logistics. It isn't home searching. They can find them online. It is literally logistics. How do we get through from finding a house to actually owning that house and living there yeah. and not spending any days homeless? Right. Mm-hmm. These are important things. So important. Is that all you have on contingencies? It is. I think that was, I think that was good to be a short one. Okay, great. We are going to do our toast now. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. This is from Galena Vinichuk. I'm going to say thank you to Galena for giving us the pronunciation of who she's toasting to, but I probably needed it for her too. (laughs) Hopefully that's right. Um, She is toasting to Kat Dodd and they are in Kalispell, Montana. 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 All right. Galena says, here's a toast to Kat, a remarkable realtor who has truly gone above and beyond for me as a new agent. From the very beginning, Kat has been an excellent mentor, offering guidance and support whenever I needed it most. I am particularly grateful for her ability to strike the perfect balance between tough love and gentle encouragement. I hope that's what we do here. Yeah, I feel like we're a good balance. She always knows just when to push me to do better while also providing the comfort and reassurance I need to feel confident in my abilities. Hmm. So here's to Kat, a true professional and an exceptional human being. Thank you for everything you have done for me and for setting such a high standard for what it means to be a great realtor. These people write so well. I know, right? You intimidate me and inspire me all at the same time. (laughs) Okay, so cheers to Kat. And thank you to Galena. And I mean, what a great toast. Yeah. I know they are really good writers. I thought about something. um, Uh, For contingencies? No. Keep going. Are you They're done? Really great writers. I'm done. Sorry, Jay. You'll just have to edit that out. What do you want to say it on the bye, show? Guys. Okay, bye. <laughs> Sorry. You don't get to hear this. Bye. <laughs> Sorry.
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash hustle humbly and leave us a review or drop a comment if you're listening on Spotify. If you have an episode topic or someone you'd like to toast on the show, please email us at team at hustlehumblypodcast.com. Find us on social media at Hustle Humbly Podcast. Don't forget to find all of the free resources at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. See you next week. This is the good life.